Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos. It's a pleasure to be with you this week. Throughout this month, we've been discussing family wellness, and it's been Older Americans Month with us. With that in mind, our guest today is Dane Mylon of Dane Mylon and Associates. His area of expertise is really in helping people with Medicare, Medicare supplements, and in making decisions regarding health care during the retirement years. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guest, Dane. Dane, it's a pleasure to have you on our show this week. Good morning, Frank. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I appreciate the opportunity. So, Dane, you and I have known each other for a number of years. You've been working with clients of ours as, as they've been reaching age 65. They become Medicare eligible. And you've really been our resource as far as organization and helping our clients to make proper health care choices. So with that in mind, what I'd like to do today, if it's okay, is really for our listeners is help them to understand the Medicare decision, uh, when to make it, what they have to do, and you know, really how to do the right things for them and their families. So without further ado, Dane, why don't we just start out by you telling us a little bit about what is Medicare, how does it work, and at what point do they have to make this decision? Well, Medicare is a, uh, is a federal program. Medicare is often confused with Medicaid, but Medicare uh, is not Medicaid. Medicare is health insurance that's available to folks who become Medicare eligible at age 65 uh, or can be eligible under the age of 65 due to Social Security disability. So you've got a couple components that are working there. Medicare is comprised of really these days three parts. You have Medicare Part A which is hospital insurance. Hospital insurance means being admitted into a hospital. You have Medicare Part B, like boy, and Medicare Part B, the easy way to remember Medicare Part B and what it covers is Medicare Part B is everything really other than being admitted into a hospital but not maintenance drugs. Then you've got Medicare Part D, and Medicare Part D is the prescription component of Medicare that's available to eligible Medicare beneficiaries. Very good. You know, Dane, it's interesting is as, um, you know, we've had a lot going on with regard to the health care debate. Um, we hear a lot of things with regard to Social Security. And some people, even their Social Security age has been kind of moved up depending upon what age that you were born, you know, or what age, you know, you hit. Real good point. Uh, and, I, and I don't mean to <clears throat> stop you there, but one of the important things, and we had, we, we've touched on before, and you just hit the nail right on the head. I mean, Medicare is kind of a moving target these days, a moving target in that it's uh, uh, real heavy into the healthcare reform decisions and forecasting in the future. But one of the things that you talked about was uh, the Social Security retirement age. The Medicare is typically an automatic function and eligibility on the Part A side if you have worked 40 quarters in your lifetime, 10 years worth of consistent work history. Um, but the Medicare Part B, like boy, is the part that you actually pay for. If you are collecting Social Security when you become Medicare eligible, which is typically the first day of your birth month turning 65, not including the disability side, you automatically get your Medicare A and your Medicare B. Your Medicare B premium is typically deducted from your Social Security check. And the interesting thing you brought up, Frank, is that if someone is delaying their Social Security until age 67 or 66 or whatever their full retirement age might be, or even 70, they have to actually 
apply for their Medicare Part B, which has become um, a, a huge sticking point in healthcare. Hey, Dana, and just staying with that, because we'll have people from time to time that'll say, hey, you know what, I'm age 62, and at 62, I'm eligible for Medicare or for Social Security, rather. So they're eligible for Social Security. So I'm going to retire at 62. And some people take an early retirement. And one of the calculations that maybe they're not taking into account is they're not Medicare eligible at that point, are they? They're absolutely not. Unless someone is eligible due to Social Security disability, and a lot of people don't even know that they're Medicare eligible when they're eligible for Social Security disability, is that at age 62, if if you work for a big company or a small company, you have to weigh in heavily on what your health insurance costs are going to be associated with to bridge that gap between age 62 as a for, for, for instance to age 65. A lot of people think that uh, as soon as they're social security eligible they're Medicare eligible and that's not the case. Um, so good good point. That, that, that's that a was huge the reason gap. yeah and that was the reason why I was bringing it up so that if we have our listeners who are thinking hey I'm age 62 I'm age 63 um, you know I've kind of you know I'm ready to retire they really have to calculate in that they don't have health insurance under Medicare until they hit their normal retirement age, whatever that age might be. That's exactly right. Well, they don't have Medicare until they're 65, not necessarily the retirement age, but 65. Again, if you've worked the 40 quarters in your lifetime and you come up, uh, your your birth date is uh, June 14th, 1948, so you're just now coming into your Medicare eligibility, even if you're not collecting your Social Security until you're age 67, you're automatically going to get your Medicare Part A on the first day of your birth month. So, you know, one of the other uh, rolling issues there is that depending upon how one is insured coming up on, and we'll, 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 make, uh, we'll make believe that we've got somebody sitting here that's going to be 65 on June 14th of 2013, and let's just for this example say that they work for a large company. They work for uh, Exxon um, up, at, uh, up at a refinery. They don't need their Medicare need is the underlying factor. They don't need their Medicare Part B, and they automatically receive their Medicare Part A if they've worked their 40 quarters. If you took that same person and made them work for a small company under 20 employees at the local Ace Hardware store down on Main Street in Manasquan, then that person absolutely positively needs their Medicare Part B if they are insured on that small group health insurance plan in the state of New Jersey. We could talk about other states too, but for right now in the state of New Jersey, they would need that. And those are federal guidelines that are out. There's a real good publication. Medicare does a great job of providing information on the Internet. Uh, one of the publications is uh, Medicare's Who Pays First Rules, and uh, it's a 75-page roughly uh, booklet that's available either on the Internet or uh, you, can, you can request a copy by calling Medicare, and that identifies that. It's not as clear as probably people would like it to be. I work in it every day. You work in insurance every day. Uh, so we read it kind of like a second language, whereas uh, maybe the layperson doesn't understand it that well. So it's very important that people pay close attention to their eligibility. So, Dana, as I was listening to what you said, if I wanted to just kind of summarize that, once they're eligible for Medicare, okay, A is an automatic. Correct. And Part B is going to depend upon the size of the employer that they work for if they're currently working. Correct. And if and if they're collecting Social Security, because if they're collecting Social Security, an automatic mechanism will kick in 
where they will be they meaning the uh, the, Medi- the the coming up on Medicare eligibility will be offered their A and B and then would have to refuse their B or it would automatically kick in at the same time that their Medicare Part A would start. The best advice on something like that when somebody's becoming Medicare eligible is talk to your local professional. Whether it's your uh, local insurance guy or gal, uh, you can talk to Social Security, you can call 1-800-MEDICARE. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's really important that people pay close attention to that. Uh, you know, there's, there's, so many, there's so many moving components there that, that kind of all have to mesh together. You know, over the years, you and I have come across clients and insureds that have had some issues with regard to Part B because people don't automatically – they don't know when they should exactly right. accept it. So why don't we maybe just take a minute and make sure that people know the pitfalls of Part B as far as if you don't do it at the right time, that you know, there are some you – know, there's some risk in there. You got to know what you're doing with this. You got to pay attention to it. There can be some significant risk and so, some uh, significant gaps in coverage if someone, uh, even if it's by accident, misses their opportunity to enroll in their Medicare Part B uh, and don't enroll in the in the time frame they're supposed to. Uh, there are uh, literally horror stories out there where people can be held out of enrolling into their Medicare Part B for up to a year past when they might have normally been able to get it. Uh, it's, it's, it's a gap in the system. And um, I know that uh, Medicare is probably working on trying to fix it, but people really need to know what they should have when they're eligible. And it's, it's kind of tough to describe uh, in, a, in, a, in a short radio segment uh, how properly to do it. Again, the best advice for anyone who's becoming Medicare Part a and or B eligible uh, or coming up on 65 is, is again, uh, to talk to, their, uh, talk to their insurance guy or gal, talk to their, their accountant, talk to Medicare, Social Security. I mean, there's, there's resources out there. Uh, most counties have um, senior health insurance uh, guides that uh, you know, are on a county level. So, Dane, let, let, one of the things that we hear from time to time, people you know, get concerned and they go, oh, I only have Medicare coverage? It sounds like Medicare is a very robust program, although people I don't think really realize it. Medicare is an excellent program. I, in, in my humble opinion, I think Medicare is probably the best health insurance available in the United States of America for people who are eligible to participate in it. However, there are gaps. Uh, to talk briefly about what Medicare has, again, when we talked in the beginning of the program, was Medicare has uh, three parts, really, Medicare Part A, which is hospital, Medicare Part B, again, remember, as they call that, medical services, which is everything other than being admitted in a hospital but not maintenance drugs, and then Medicare Part D, which is the Medicare prescription drug component. With just bare-bones Medicare, there are gaps. There are Medicare Part A uh, deductibles and coinsurances. God forbid if one is admitted into a hospital, has a rehabilitative stay at a skilled nursing care facility. And on the Medicare Part B side, not only is there an annual calendar deductible for Medicare Part B, but there are coinsurances for Medicare Part B if one visits the doctor or has outpatient procedures at a hospital where you're not admitted. It remains a Medicare Part B function. Then there's Medicare Part D. And if you don't sign up when you're eligible for Medicare Part D, uh, you might be uh, delayed in getting it, and then you could actually be penalized. But what Medicare supplemental insurance is designed to do, just to talk briefly about that, 
because we don't have enough time to talk about everything that's out no, there. That's great. Medicare supplemental insurance, there are many plans that are available on the traditional side, somewhat referred to as the alphabet soup, you know, a plan F, a plan C, a plan N, things like that. And then there are Medicare Advantage plans, and again, we don't have enough time to even begin to touch on those, but Medicare Advantage plans are essentially when one becomes Medicare eligible where they kind of trade in their little red, white, and blue uh, Medicare card and go into a Medicare Advantage or Medicare uh, HMO-style plan. That's a managed plan. Some of those plans are really good also. But, you know, again, uh, everybody is kind of a snowflake when it comes to Medicare and should be treated individually. A lot of times there's no one-size-fits-all. And then Medicare D, uh, which is the Medicare drug component, is uh, either nested in a Medicare Advantage plan uh, or a standalone plan that uh, someone can get individually to uh, help cover the costs of prescription drugs. So as I'm listening to you, um, what it sounds like to me is is that for most people, A is automatic. They should elect B once they stop working and they're eligible. Or if they're working and they need it. Correct. If they right. work for a small employer. Yep. Um, they should also elect Medicare D when they're eligible for that. Yes. And then they're going to need to have some form of supplement in order to pick up where there's gaps in coverage. Yes. And when I say where there's gaps in coverage, that's when we also get back in summarizing this, that if they're working for a large employer, whatever the case might be, those gaps are going to be pretty well taken up by that person. Okay. And the larger employer, from what my understanding is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dane, is the large employer, their insurance is primary. Typically, and then Medicare yes. is then supplemental. That is correct. And if I have a smaller employer... All, and that's why you were saying all those Medicare pieces should be in place because with a smaller employer, Medicare is going to be primary. Correct. And then that supplemental or Medicare is going to be secondary. Yes. And that other insurance is, you know, that they have their group or whatever is going to be their secondary insurance. One, one group of people that we left out, and there are plenty of them that are out there, are either the, uh, the, the folks that are individually insured or uninsured. Um, you know, the folks that have individual coverage, uh, just use New Jersey as an example, where there are many individual plans that are available, whether it's a, an HMO, an EPO, or a direct access style program. Those folks also should carefully review when they become Medicare eligible, because if you have an individual policy, you certainly want to weigh that out uh, in terms of cost, because individual health insurance coverage in New Jersey, again, can be fairly expensive. And when Medicare comes into play, uh, the folks typically can safely set that aside and move on to the next insurance program, which would be Medicare and something else. Very good. Hey, Dan, one of the questions that I, I also um, was wondering about, it seems like there are certain times of the year that have some significance as it relates to your Medicare supplements, which means that if I have coverage currently with someone, is there like a, a certain time of the year where I have to make a decision if I want to make a change? Kind of. Uh, typically, uh, Medicare supplemental insurance can be replaced at any time during the year. Not such a great idea because uh, you really want to get somebody in the right plan from the beginning and make sure that they have a comfortable Medicare experience. The Medicare drug programs, which are the Medicare Part D programs and or the Medicare Advantage programs, those have annual enrollment periods that are typically in the fall with a January effective date for the following year. And we always advise everyone at that time of the year to please review what you have because not only can the premium change, 
Patoka in the formulary, formulary being the um, the list of approved maintenance meds. I mean, again, that could be a whole other show and a whole other segment. I know we're on a on a on a fairly tight time frame, but yeah, those those are uh, times of the year that changes can. That's take why place. I was bringing it up is because yeah. I know there's a significance that all of a sudden it seems like okay. This time of the year, you got to pay attention to your your prescription drug card. If you're going to make a change, now's the time that you have to get it right. done. Sounds like our next show. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. But just so that all our listeners have it, it's typically in the fall that they have to be concerned with that. Correct. Keep an eye on the enrollment periods. You'll receive something from Medicare, too. Dane, it's been really a pleasure to have you on our show this week. You've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos, and our guest today has been Dane Mylon of Dane Mylon and Associates. And what we'd like to do at this point in wrapping up our show is, first of all, for all of our listeners, um, their moms, we'd like to wish everyone truly a happy, happy Mother's Day. You got a happy <laughs> and a blessed Mother's Day. Again, if you have questions, you can contact us at the Institute of Responsible Wealth, 2431 Atlantic Avenue, Manasquan, New Jersey. 08736, or email us at info at ifrw.com. Thank you, and have a blessed week.